Ten years ago, in the summer of 2009, my life took a dramatic and radical turn. I was a lawyer in private practice in a long-term relationship, a father, a grandfather. I went to church every week. To all outward appearances, to anyone that knew me, life was good. What no one knew except me and God is that I had made a series of very poor choices that now had me spiraling into a very dark and depressed state. You're listening to the In All Podcast, unpolished stories of hope dealers who share their experience of reliance, recovery, and renewal. These are everyday Houstonians who are a part of Mercy Street, a church community in Houston, Texas. We believe God is in all places and working in all people to create a safe harbor of hope and restoration. Go to inallexperience.org to find your story in all stories and see how we all find God in all our stories. I had long since removed God from my life essentially telling him that he could not help me. I had made a mess of things and believed that I alone had to clean it up. Despite my best efforts, I could not fix what I had done. I was overwhelmed with a sense of failure, hopelessness, a lack of self-worth that ultimately allowed me to think the unthinkable and unimaginable, that my life did not matter and that everyone would be better if I wasn't here anymore. Sure, they would miss me for a while, but soon they would be over it and see that life was better with me not in it. I tried, but God had other plans. The doctor said I would not make it and that my loved ones should prepare themselves. As they gathered in prayer around my hospital bed, while I was unconscious, totally unaware of what was going on, I slowly improved. The treatment was finally working, and it was having a positive effect. The physical healing continued. Then came the emotional and psychological recovery, and they all came together. But the biggest and deepest void in my life was spiritual. I had been doing life on my own, by myself, the solitary me, myself, and I, for so long. And yet I was surrounded by people in my life that really loved me and cared for me, but I never let them in. God had been in my life as a young man, but somewhere and sometime along the way, I let him slip away, and I did not try to hold on. God knew what a failure I was. The only reason others did not know is because I did everything I could so folks would see me as a, as a success. When I crashed, everything about me was laid bare for all to see. There were no more secrets. As my son would tell me in the hospital, Dad, no more secrets. What matters now is what you do from this day forward. The advice I heard every day was to take it one day at a time, one hour at a time if I had to. 
What I knew from the moment I woke up from being unconscious, perhaps in a coma, to be honest, I never really knew all the medical things that had happened. But when I woke up, I knew that I could not do life alone anymore. I thank God that I was alive and that I would see the woman I loved, my son and his wife, my grandchildren, my brothers and sisters, loved ones and friends, one more time. And then I would have to deal with the consequences of my poor choices. I prayed every day, and on one day in particular, I prayed a very specific and personal prayer. With tears streaming down my face, I told God that I can't do this anymore. I can't do life anymore by myself, and that I needed His help. In the following moment, I heard in my heart and my head, from a very calm presence, from a source of strength with love and compassion, I heard, I'm here, I'm still here. I never left, you left me. Now take my hand and let's do this together. From that moment to this moment, I have never felt alone. For years, the loneliness I felt was deafening at times. The emptiness was tangible. Now what I felt was a sense of peace and I knew I was not alone. Over the months that followed, and the years, some of my loved ones and friends drifted away while new ones came into my life. God and I continued to have conversations daily, sometimes telling him that I needed more help and that he needed to do a better job. It may sound funny to you or to some, but God and I have always had a reverently irreverent relationship. I've always loved him dearly, even though I pushed him away, but always felt that he was someone that I could relate to. In fact, I suppose that was the, the only God I could understand and knew that I, was one that I could relate to and be honest with and speak to him like I spoke to my best friends. So he and I would continue to have these conversations daily. And so he would tell me things and, and direct me in ways and give me the sense of companionship to know that I wasn't alone in doing life. The more I looked to him, the more we talked, the closer we got. At times, I felt like he was not timely in his help, but I always knew that it was on time and frequently found myself laughing because it always seemed to be that his way was the better way, even though I still at times continue to think that I had the better options. So for the next year, I had a lot to deal with relating to those bad choices I had made. While I had hoped to avoid prison, I knew that it was probable, and in fact, on November 5th, 2010, I had a 5 a.m. knock on my apartment door that woke me up immediately, and I knew right away who it was and what it was about. I was arrested, and after pleading guilty, I spent the next three years in prison and then another four years on parole. 
While some disagreed with this, going to prison saved my life. I took God with me when I went, and together we worked on making me the person he wanted me to be. When I left, I walked out with God, and once again together, with several persons he placed in my path, I started over. It was as if I had a second chance at life. And so the years went by. I was able to do work that was fulfilling, that was uh, important, and that was able to give me uh, a life. But over the years, I soon discovered that it wasn't giving me life. And so that led to an opportunity to where I could serve God in the ministry here at Mercy Street. An opportunity that once again, I brought him with me and that he continues with me to this day. And so I suppose the message of my life to this point is one of redemption and one of resurrection, one of mercy, one of compassion, one of love. I'm grateful for this life that I have and this second chance, and I really enjoy the opportunity to be able to share my story with people, to let them know that the same God that, that loves me and has been with me is the same God that will be with them and that they give them life. One thing I came away with through this experience is how much life matters, how much every life matters, how much my life matters. And I want folks to know that their lives matter, that God has a special place for them, that God has a life for them, that God will be with them, and that God has his people here today, right now, that will walk alongside them when they need it, to share the joy of life, to share the sorrows of life, to give meaning to their life, and to help them along the way. In the same way that God helped me, in the same way that His people helped me, in the same way that Mercy Street has helped me, to know that I don't have to do this alone that I live in a community where God is present and God's love is present every day. Thanks for listening. When we gather in homes or coffee shops to listen to the In All podcast, we've saved you a seat. Go to inallexperience.org to check out locations for the In All groups in Houston.